Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is the Sfas Emes on the Parasha podcast. My name is Rabbi Karnaski, and in this episode, we'll be discussing some words of the great Hasidic master, the Sfas Emes, on this week's Torah portion, Parshas Vayetze. So it starts off, and it talks about how Jacob departed from Be'er Shava, he went to Haran, and then the Torah writes the words, Vayifga Bamakum. He encountered the place, Vayalan Sham, and he spent the night there. So there's very strange wording over here. He encountered the place. What exactly does this mean for somebody to encounter a place? So Rashi quotes the words of our sages in Chulen, where they describe how Yaakov really arrived in Charon, and then he realized that he had not gone and stopped to pray in the place, the future site of the Beis HaMikdash, the future site of the temple. And he realized that he really should go back. And the Talmud writes that he put his mind to going back there. And he really had a desire to go back there. And God made from a miracle. And he had something called Kafitzas Hadera. That he got there fast. He got there supernaturally. He got there in an instant. But the Talmud describes that the type of fast track, how, how he got to the place of the temple, was very different than the places you find in other places. It wasn't the regular miracle that he got from A to B fast. This time, B came to A. It wasn't that he went there. The place came to him. I mean, that he stayed in his place where he was. He was in Chara. And the place of the site of the Beis HaMikdash came to him. So he stays where he is, and the place comes to him. And obviously, there's got to be great significance. What does this mean? That he didn't run to the place. But he had a desire to reach the place of the Beis HaMikdash. And because of that, God made from a miracle that the place came to him. What is this all about? How do we understand this? So we'll come back to this in a minute. Rashi quotes another explanation of the words he encountered the place. By Yifka Bamakom. That it's referring to something completely different. And this is referring to the fact that Yaakov, Jacob, was the one that instituted Arvis. He was the one that instituted the evening prayer. That means that we know we have three prayers instituted a day. The morning prayer, Shacharis, was instituted by a forefather, Avram. Then we have Mencha, which was instituted by Yitzchak, Isaac. And then here is the final one, the evening prayer, Arvis, which was instituted right here when he encountered the place that means that he prayed. And the prayer that he did was the evening prayer. This is all taking place right here in the words, by Yifka Bamokom, and he encountered the place. And it seems to be that these two explanations of the word are so different. How do they even come together in the same word? That means on the one hand, our sages are teaching us he encountered the place. means that he had kfitah sadarach. The land jumped to him. And they're also telling us it means he instituted a prayer specifically. The evening prayer, how do these two things come together? So the Sfas Amas opens up this discussion. And he explains that there are two ways that we could find God. One of them is we can go to the place. We can go to the temple. We can go to the Beis HaMikdash. It's a place of holiness. It's a place of open revelation. It's a place where anybody who was there was automatically awed by the presence and revelation of God in that place. Then he explains that there's a different way and a different place where we could find God and connect Him. And that is right where we are right now in this moment. We don't need to travel anywhere to find God. It's a lot easier to find Him in the Beis HaMikdash. It's a lot easier to feel His presence in the temple. But there's an ability for a Jew, or anybody for that matter, to connect to God wherever He is. 
could be in the darkest of places. He could be the furthest place that you would imagine that you would find Kedusha holiness, that you would find godliness in this place. But it is possible to find God wherever we are. And the way to do that, the only way how to find Him in a far place is with an intense desire to want to connect. And the desire, the feeling of the ratzon, the will, the desire, the expression of interest, I wish I could connect to you. That desire itself has the ability to draw out the sparks of godliness in the very place where I'm standing right now. And that's what it means that the place of the temple came to him. He didn't have to go there. His great desire to be there allowed him to uncover the holiness of the temple, of the base Amikdash, in his place where he was right now. He was in a very unholy place. He was in Haran. It's a place where Lavan was. It was very, very far from holiness. But because he had a desire to find God and he wished he could be in the base Amikdash, that place was revealed to him right over here, right where he was right now. And that's the secret of him encountering the place. The place could come to us. The way to do that, the way to find God in every place that we are, is with a desire to find Him. And when we want to find Him, we will connect to God in whatever place we are. There's a verse that writes, Shalom, Shalom, L'Rachok, V'Lakorov. That God says, peace should be to those who are far and to those who are close. And the Sfathamath explains that what this means is, is that there are two places that we can find God. In the faraway place and in the close place. The close place means we can find him at the shul, at the base of Madrash, at the base of Mikdash. The holy places, that's easy to find God. And that's the Karov. That's close. It's close to God. It's easy to see him and to feel him over there. But there's also peace that God extends to the person who's far away. And the person is very, very, very far from a place where you would imagine he would be able to connect to God. That could be physically. It could be spiritually. It could be the state of mind emotionally where we are. But God says, I, I'm extending you a lifeline, even to the people who are far away. You don't have to run away. You don't have to change. You don't have to wait for tomorrow. You can find me right here. The only way is by having a desire. If you shout out to me and you express a desire and an interest to connect to God in your place where you are, I will reveal myself to you right over here. And this is amazing for us to realize that so many times subconsciously we're going through life. And we have a bad day. And we say, all right, so tomorrow will be a good day. And let's just sort of pass this day and wait till tomorrow. I'm in a job which I don't like. And all right, I'll wait for it to pass and I'll get myself a new job. We have to realize that it works. But it's a shame to pass up all those opportunities to uncover God in the dark places too. We have a job that we could stay in it and stay in the straits that we are. And we could find God right where we are. The Sfasamas in a different place explains the verse in Tehillim, where King David writes, I call out to you, God, from the straits. I'm in the straits right now. I'm in a hard place. I'm not in a good emotional place. But I call out to you from here with a desire to find you right here in my place, Maria. And that's point number one, what it means that he encountered the place. Now, what does it mean that Jacob, Yaakov, our forefather, he instituted the Arvis prayer. So this is a beautiful thing. He explains in many different places that the three prayers that we pray in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, all have a very different emphasis, a very different approach, a very different perspective. The morning always signifies when things are bright, things are clear, things are open, 
things we can understand. We feel God a lot easier in the day. And that's the prayer that we do in the morning. It's a fresh day and we're excited and we feel that it's going to be a good day. And we thank God and we connect to him and we ask that we should have truly a good day. That's the morning prayer. The afternoon prayer is a very different one. The afternoon one is a time where we're at work. We're busy with many, many other things. And we need to pull ourselves away and say a strong statement that we realize that with everything what we're doing, it's all being powered by God. And yes, I'm busy with 1,800 different things. But I realize that you are the one that's given me the power and ability to do what I'm doing. And it's coming from you. And therefore, I pray to you. What is the significance of the harvest, the evening prayer? So night is a time when things are dark, where things are unclear. There's a lack of vision. There's a lack of clarity. That's what the night signifies. And when we pray to God at night, what we're saying is, is that even though it's dark, even though I don't really feel you, but I want to connect to you, and I'm going to find you right over here in the darkness. There's a famous verse in Tehillim where King David writes, To say over in the morning your kindness. And, your, and my faith that I have to you at night. Day is a time of kindness. It's a time of revelation. It's a time where we feel God's love. But night is a time for Amun. It's a time for faith. Night is a time where we don't necessarily feel his kindness. We don't feel his love. But we have faith that he's with us right now at night in the darkness. And with that faith and that desire to uncover it, we can actually connect to him even at night. And that's what our mission statement is when we pray to God at night. It's We don't feel it like we did in the day. But we're still going to find you. We're still going to connect to you. And that is why out of all people, it was Yaakov. He was the one that went to exile and he instituted the evening prayer. He instituted the ability that if you wanted to connect to God, you could find him, even though it's very dark right now. Which means that these two explanations of the word, Vayifka Vamakam, you encounter the place, are actually saying one thing. The concept that the ground of the temple jumped to him, and the concept that he instituted the evening prayer, are both saying one point. If we have a desire, we could find Hashem in our lives right where we are right now. The Beis could come to me. The evening prayer, I could pray to God at night, even though things are not clear. And I could still find Him. And all this is because Yaakov understood that if you really want, if you have a true intense desire, you could find and connect to Hashem wherever we are. And that is what Rashi and the Talmud is revealing to us all in this verse of Ayifka Bamakun, that he encountered the place and he instituted at the very same time the Marv prayer, because that's the essence of what the Marv prayer is. Let's take this a step further, a little bit deeper. We know that each one of our forefathers had a very different strength. They had something that they stood for. So we know that Avram, he shone at chesed, at kindness. Chesed la Avraham. Avraham was the one that was spent his entire life dedicated to other people. He shone in the aspect of his kindness to others. Yitzchak, our forefather Isaac, his was pachad Yitzchak, the fear of Yitzchak. He had a very intense fear of heaven. It was justice. It was very strong. He had this incredible awe. Yerashamayim, that was unbelievable. And that was the perspective and the area, the midah, the character trait of Yitzchak. What was Yaakov's midah? What was his area which he brought to us as a forefather? Hasidus teach us, there's a verse that writes, Titen emes Yaakov, give truth to Yaakov. Which means that Yaakov's meter was the meter of truth. 
the meter of truth, we have to understand what does this mean, that Yaakov had truth, what is truth all about, and how does all this relate to us. So this Fasamas in a different place explains something amazing. There's a verse that says, Emes me'eret titzmach. That means loosely translated that truth is planted in the ground. If you want to know where to find truth, it's planted inside the ground. So he explains like this. Truth means existence. God is called true. We say that God is a true God. And we talk about truth and we talk about falsehood. Truth means existence itself. What everything is real. Whatever is real means it's true. Something which isn't really going to last and doesn't have a real existence, such a thing is false. For example, we know that the Zohar, the Holy Zohar, refers to this world as the world of falsehood. Now what is false about this world? It doesn't look very false to us. It looks very real. We could touch it. We could feel it. What is false about it? And the answer is that this world may look real, but because it's physical, it's not really going to last for eternity. And something which isn't going to last for eternity is not real existence. And therefore, we're going to call it false. God is the only existence that there is in the world. And therefore, God is called truth. And the only way that we could be true, that we could be eternal, is if we connect to God. The concept of Yaakov being truth, and the concept that truth is planted in the ground, means that even here on earth, like we spoke about before, even here in earth, there are little kernels of truth that can be uncovered wherever we go. We can go around and we could uncover the truth, the real existence of every place. We could travel the world and we could find truth in every place. What does this mean? That means that we could find the area which is true, which will last. The area and the perspective of this thing that will give it an eternal existence. We could connect to everything on earth, either as very physical, very temporary, very fleeting, or we could find the way to make and uncover the truth within the earth itself. We could find a way of how to make our existence down here, in our regular jobs, in our family life, in wherever we find ourselves, on our vacations, we could find the truth in it. We can make it real. We can connect to God from the place where we are. When we do that, we're making it true. We're making it real. And that's what Yaakov taught us. You can find truth. You can find existence wherever you are. Because truth is planted in the ground. God gave the ability for us to make everything real. We can take our entire lives. We can take this entire world of falsehood. And when we connect it to God, we follow the commandments that he gave us. The 613 ways how to uncover this. We could find the truth which is planted in the ground wherever we are. Our sages teach us in Barachas. Our sages teach us that we have to say every single day in the prayers two things. We have to say emes v'yatziv in the morning prayer. And we have to say emes v'amunah in the evening prayer. So this refers to what we say right after the Kriyashma in the morning. We say emes, that God is true. The Yatsev, and it should be established, and it should keep on going. In the evening prayer, we say it slightly different. We say, Amas, that God is true. And then we say, that we have faith in all of this, and we have faith in God. And we have to say every single day the words, Amas, the Yatsev, it's true, and it should be established. And we also have to say, Amas, the Amuna, it is true, and we have faith in you. What is the concept of this? And the Gemara writes, the Talmud writes, anybody who doesn't say both these things, has not fulfilled his obligation for prayer. So he explains this, Fasamis, along the lines of what we just said. There are two 
understandings and two ways that we connect to God. One of them is when we feel the truth. When we feel it, we see it, it's clear that the only existence that really exists in the world, the only true existence is God. And we feel that. And that in general, we're going to feel in the morning, in the day when things are clear. And that we have to say to God that we feel the truth, that you are the only existence in the world. There's nobody besides me. And we don't need faith for that because we feel it. We don't need faith in something which is open and apparent, something which is clear, something which everybody could see. I don't need to prove it to you. I don't need to believe in it. It's there. It's clear. And that's what we say in the morning. And that's part number one. But if somebody would only say that, he still hasn't fulfilled his true connection to God. Because he's only doing it because things are clear. But what happens if God would hide himself? What happens if you would have a time where God would hide his face, so to speak, from the world? And we don't feel him and we don't see him. Then we need to uncover a new thing. And that new thing is called Amuna. Where we say to God that I don't see you, but I believe that you are hiding in this darkness. Amuna, faith, comes in precisely in a place where I don't see you. If I see you, I don't need to believe in you. I see you. You're right in front of me. When I don't see you, when it's not clear, when it's dark, but I still believe that you are there in the darkness. And that's where Amuna comes in. And until a Jew is able to say, that I don't just believe in God when I see Him, when I feel Him. But I also believe in Him with belief, without seeing you at all. But I know that you're here. He hasn't fulfilled His obligation of prayer. Because prayer means that I could connect you in the good times, I could connect you in the bad, bad times. I see you, I feel you, and even when I don't, I still believe that you are holding me, you are powering me, you are really the loving hand behind this very darkness that I'm, I'm in right now. And he reveals this Fasamas that when we believe in God in the darkness, that will bring the light. When Hashem sees that we feel him and we believe that he's here, even though he's hiding, even though he's really hiding and we don't feel his presence, then God will reveal his great light. And this is the secret of the exile. The purpose of exile is that God hid himself. And God says, I want to see if you could believe in me, not just when I'm clear, not just when it's the morning. Not just when it's lahagad baboka chastecha. Are you still going to connect to me at night? Exile is one long night. It's dark. It's bitter. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of tragedy. There's a lot of sorrow. Are we still going to connect to God? And as we go through exile and we go further and further away, it's getting darker and darker and darker. And God says, are there going to be Jews who are still going to believe in me even though the night is getting darker? And if we believe in God, even though it's so dark, even though it's Vamunascha Balelis, then God says that I'm going to bring the morning. I'm going to bring the Mashiach. I'm going to bring the biggest morning that you've ever had in your lives. Like our sages teach us, the darkest point of the night is right before dawn. But if we believe in God in that darkest point of the night, which we're in right now, then the dawn will come, which is, of course, the dawn of the coming of the Messiah. So just to summarize what we spoke about, our sages teach us that he encountered the place means two things. One of them is that the place of the temple came to him miraculously. The other thing is that he instituted the evening prayer. The concept of the miracle that the place came to him and not that he went to the place means that he was able to uncover the holiness in his place where he was right now. The way he did that was with his desire to find it. When a person has a great desire, he could find God right over here. And that in itself is the essence of the arvis of the evening prayer. When things are dark, 
and I still believe in you, and I still want to find you right over here, and I'm still praying to you. The concept that God extends his hand, his peace, to those who are far, to those who are close, wherever we are, we can find him. In Amitza we call out to God from the place where we are right now, and that's how we find him in all these different places. The concept of Yaakov standing for the concept of truth. Truth is buried in the ground. That means that we can find and make real existence. We can find God who is the only truth that there is and make every place that we are real. We could take every part of our lives and we don't have to delete anything of it. We could say that there's truth and there's reality and there's connection to God in every part of our lives. However mundane it seems to be, we could make it connected to God and we could un- uncover the holiness of where it is. And we have to do both these things to fulfill our prayer. We have to say in the morning that I see the truth and the establishment and I feel you. And we have to say at night, that I believe in you. I don't see you, but I know that you're behind this darkness. When we do this and we connect to God, even in exile, which is the deepest point of this night that we're talking about, God will ultimately reveal his great light, the coming of the Mashiach, and then all the world, the entire world will see the revelation and will see how, of course, God was standing behind this great darkness that we were in all the time. And we're going to be able to say that we knew it all along because we always had this great Hamuna we had in you. Thank you all for joining. I hope you enjoyed this. Looking forward to the next episode next week, Svasamas and the Parsha, which will be on the Torah portion, Parsha's Vayishlach.